I have never been much of a fitness guy. Filmmaker? Yes. New Yorker? Sure. But I haven't had a gym membership in years. I get automated we miss you emails from my yoga place. So exercise was never my thing. Until I started exercising with Richard Simmons. Yeah, that Richard Simmons. You know the guy. Short shorts, bedazzled tank tops, a big curly head of hair, halfway between Jimi Hendrix and Little Orphan Annie. Tell everyone, no, Mama, talking Mama, this, talking this Mama wants yeah. to hear, Mama wants to see, Mama. It was from Gypsy. I know, I know. We can. That's Ellen DeGeneres he's torturing. I grew up watching Richard goof around on talk shows like these. But as I got older, he seemed to stay exactly the same. Here he is on Letterman. And, and all of this trouble about losing weight is, is erroneous. It's a waste of time because... No, it's not because we, we want everyone could, to be fit. No. If Are we, you fit? If we come, Are you fit? If we Are come you back, fit? Oh, my God. <laughs> so I almost lose it when I hear anyone can exercise with Richard. In person. At his rickety one-room studio in Beverly Hills. And so that's exactly what I do. His gym is called Slimmons. And Richard's been teaching his class here for 40 years. I show up and pay my 12 bucks to the woman in shiny tights and grab a spot in the back row. It doesn't take long for things to get weird, because in less than 30 minutes, I find myself bare-chested, surrounded by step-clapping middle-aged women as Richard wipes the sweat off my torso with my t-shirt and then shoves it down his shorts. The entire class is 90 minutes of that. Turns out 64-year-old Richard Simmons is hilarious and so freaking loud and foul-mouthed like you would not believe. He cries twice. He does an incredibly offensive Indian accent. And he tells a story about the time he ran out of an Audrey Hepburn horror movie, fell, and broke a rib. All this while Rihanna blasts from the speakers, followed by Streisand, followed by a song he's written himself about Iraq war vets. I'm instantly and completely all about Slimmons. Over the next year, I become a regular. I even lose a couple pounds. Richard and I become friendly. He invites me and my husband Jay over for dinner, and he gives us a tour of his enormous doll collection. I meet his very protective staff, his housekeeper slash best friend, Teresa, and his impossibly old Dalmatian that he feeds boiled chicken by hand and carries outside to pee by the pool. I really grow to like him. We even start talking seriously about me directing a documentary about his class and his life. And then on February 15th, 2014, Richard Simmons doesn't show up to class. His students don't know what to make of it. It was like 11.35, looking at the clock. We were like, okay, now he's five minutes late. This is Ava and Loretta. They're twins. Everyone calls them the double-time twins. Yeah. And then it got to like, it was like 12.05, and we were just like, okay, what I don't is know happening? if Richard's coming. And then people started leaving, leaving, and then someone ended up subbing for him. He doesn't show up the next week either, or the week after that. All of a sudden, nothing. This is Jenny Hart, another regular. People were saying, you know, where is he? Nobody's heard anything from him. We don't know what's happened. And then I noticed he wasn't on the schedule anymore. He wasn't responding to anyone's emails. It wasn't just me. It was everyone that I knew, all my friends through that Slimmons circle. Dave Garcia has been coming to Slimmons for five years and lost over 160 pounds with Richard. He wasn't talking to anyone. He wasn't talking to his staff that ran Slimmons. He wasn't returning phone calls. I have friends that have known him for decades. He wasn't returning their calls. Understand, Richard had been teaching at the same studio religiously since Gerald Ford was president. 
He started before he was famous and kept going way after he became rich. Weeks turned into months. There used to be a sign in the lobby that said, he'll be out this month due to persistent knee issues, but he'll see you next month. And they would swap it out once a month and just plug in the new month, you know, July, August, September. That came down a while ago. And he didn't just stop showing up. He stopped communicating altogether. Before this, he never didn't return an email or text within hours. He would call people when they didn't show up to class just to check on them. When the daughter of one longtime student went to sleepaway camp, Richard would send her letters with cash in them, like your grandma does. Now, none of it. He hasn't been seen in public since. Like, it just, it just, it, it didn't make any sense. It was like someone that was so consistent for so long, all of a sudden just, just show stopped up. showing up. It's yeah. just like, something, something has to be really wrong if you all of a sudden just stop showing up. He straight up got up and disappeared. I'm Dan Taberski. Three years ago to the day, Richard Simmons completely and inexplicably stopped being Richard Simmons. And I want to find out why. He may never talk to me. He may sue me or publicly excoriate me. But honestly, I'm good with all that except for the suing part. Why am I doing this? Because that year I got to know Richard made me even more fascinated than I was when I first proposed that documentary. I think he's important. So much more so than his goofball public persona lets on. And also, because a lot of people who know him and whose lives have been changed by him, they're worried or angry or full of grief. Some want to save him. Some just want to know he's okay. So over the course of this series, I'm looking for Richard. I'm reaching out in any way I can and exploring every theory. The goal isn't to drag him back. It's to find out why someone like him would ditch the world. This is Missing Richard Simmons. This is a nice view here. It's yeah, beautiful. Beautiful view. I'm in the Hollywood Hills, zipping around in a 20-person passenger van with the top half cut off. There's no set route. It's up to the tour guide as far as where they go. It's driven by David Oakes, a Hollywood tour guide. People come here all over the world. They travel to Hollywood wanting to find celebrities. So that's my goal. He's also hoping to be one of those celebrities one day. He's sporting a big old beard, which he says he grew in an effort to get more Game of Thronesy type roles. I'm not sure if it's working, but it does look pretty badass. Right now, he and I are headed toward the mansion that Sweatin' to the Oldies paid for. On the way, we're gonna pass Keanu Reeves. It's on the way, so we'll just point that out too. Keanu Reeves, The Matrix, Speed, Bill and Ted, John Wick, which I loved, fantastic movie. This is his house on the right. Looks like a Keanu Reeves house. Shoot by Leonardo DiCaprio real quick. He has uh, two homes side by side. One belongs to, is where he lives. The other one, his mom lives in it. She doesn't like us too much. Oh, really? Yeah, sometimes she sprays us with a water hose. Uh, I'm not really? even kidding you. But, As a joke? Uh, like probably 30, 40 times I've been sprayed by DiCaprio's mom. Like not even kidding. She's a squirter. Anyway, um, I'm gonna just go through quick, but I don't you really think she will? Ready? Okay. 
Okay, we're dry. Today we're dry. I'm not tagging along with David because I need an escort. I know where Richard lives. I've been there a bunch of times. I'm with David because he knows an unusual side of Richard and his fame better than just about anybody. I've seen Richard Simmons more than I've seen any other celebrity in my time doing this. I would lowball it and say I've seen him 200 times. 200 times, like, at his house? At his house. Like, you would drive by his house? I would drive by, and he's there, and he comes out, makes a point to talk to you and interact with you and get to know you for just that minute. And then we arrive. Richard Simmons lives right here on the left-hand side. His mailbox matches the front of the home, which is, which is awesome. I love that. It is pretty awesome. A tiny little version of Richard's ginormous home. He loves to tell people his house was featured as a plantation house stand-in in the opening credits of Gone with the Wind, but I'm going to call bullshit on that one. It looks like it could be true, though. Big columns, intricate topiaries. In fact, the only thing that doesn't look antebellum south are the two giant statues of Dalmatians flanking the steps. There is, however, one new feature, something that wasn't there the last time I was here. A brand new six-foot fence between the world and Richard's front door. David hasn't seen Richard in over three years. You know, I miss the days when I would pull up and he would be at the top window and he would roll it up. He'd roll up the window and wave down and yell down. He'd say, I'm coming, guys, hang on. <laughs> and then we'll just sit here and wait That's for so him. so crazy. Yeah. And let me tell you, some of the outfits that he come outside in are hilarious. Uh, there was one that dressed like a bird. He had like feathers and everything. I can't even describe it. I would have to draw it. David tells of this one time he realized just how far Richard would go for a little FaceTime. There's actually video of it. A passenger captured the whole thing on their phone. That recipe is not from Louisiana. You come outside and take, get, get outside. Anyway. That voice in the recording, that's Richard. That's what he sounds like when he's not yelling. Richard was chatting up the tourists in David's van in the middle of the road. And then next thing you know, a car was coming from the opposite direction trying to pass. Richard took a step back. Oh, my God. And the car ran over the back of his ankle. <laughs> oh, my God, he ran over his foot. What did he do? He, first of all, he let out, he screamed. He was you know, obviously in pain. But before he went to the hospital to treat his bloody, broken foot, he, he said, guys, come on, everybody get out real quick. We'll take a picture. And he's bleeding. He's bleeding in his sock. And he's taking pictures with the people because... It would make them happy. See? It's crazy. Blood is dripping. No. Oh, no. Can we take a picture? (laughs) At first, it's one of those nice, friendly celebrity stories. You know, oh, it's so nice that he makes time for his fans. But David is just one driver of many at this tour company. And his tour company, by my count, is one of about 80 that regularly drive by Richard's house because he's such a dependable celebrity interaction. Which makes me wonder, just how much time was Richard Simmons spending waiting for fans to drive by? And what, or who, would make him stop cold turkey? Hi! This is Richard on Letterman in the 90s. He's been on that show 33 times. Welcome back to the show, Richard. How Thank are you, doing? you so much, David Letterman. Good to see you. Let me just try and get you What are you, about 220? If you're like most people, this has been your experience of Richard in the past 20 years, the butt of the joke for famous, funny people. 
But let's put a pin in that Richard Simmons for a second and consider another side of him. Hi, I'm Richard Simmons. My first anatomy asylum in Los Angeles was the start of something great. Before it was Slimmons, he called his studio Anatomy Asylum. A great national network of 72 clubs in 13 cities, including yours, where people like you can lose weight, look good, and feel great. Those 72 anatomy asylums, that was all before he turned 35. And now, back to deal a meal with Richard Simmons. This infomercial is from 1987. Today we're talking about the fastest growing weight loss program in history. In its first eight weeks, a quarter of a million people started it. What is it, people? That's right. Deal Meal is basically a wallet with some cards in it, each representing a serving from the four food groups. When you eat something like an apple, you move the fruit card from the left side to the right side. And when all the cards are moved, you're done eating for the day. That's how you count your calories pretty simple, right? Richard sold $160 million worth of those things. And two years after that, there was, of course... This is my brand new aerobic workout tape, sweating to the oldies. And if you don't like having fun, <laughs> well, you best not come in here. Whoa! Looking past the almost obnoxious enthusiasm of Richard in these videos... <laughs> which is hard to do. What's most astounding are the people exercising with him. They're normal. It's like he went and grabbed people out of the line at the DMV, just all shapes and sizes and ages. Some are two, 300 pounds, just jumping around and looking like they're sincerely having fun. Compare that to the other options at the time. Are you ready? The ultimate workout. And don't forget, I'm your mirror image. Jane Fonda was ripped and super precise. When I go this way, you go that way. This is my right, and I say to the right, but it's your left. Even the pros she's hired to be in the video are looking at her like she is nuts. Oh, it feels good. Stretch those shoulders. Okay, now's the time. You gotta get up and boogie with this, honey. Yeah. And that, that is Judy Shepard Missit, the lady who started Jazzercise. Man, I could listen to that all day long. Anyway, she sounds like a total nerd, but she looks like bullets would bounce off her. And in a world of before and after photos, if you're still in serious before territory, it can be really daunting to exercise with a bunch of afters. I made this tape with everyone in mind. For you beginners out there, to those of you who are already in great shape. Richard Simmons intuited that, and he made big bucks doing it. You sell these videotapes, it's the highest selling videotape in the history of home video sales. That's Letterman, and of course, he gets to the bottom line pretty quickly. It's done like $200 million worth of sales, is that right? Do you get all that money? You know, when, when you do tapes, you don't make all the money off the tape, but look at this for No, instance. no, just give me no, a, a hint at what the percentage might be. On $200 million, would it be 10%? Richard gestures with his hand to say, higher. Would it be 15%? Higher. Would it be like 40%? Higher. Oh, my God. So you're... So now I guess you like a little tight ass, huh? <laughs> and that was just from the first three Sweat into the Oldies videos. That was over 60 videos ago. My point is this. Think what you want about him and his clothes and his screaming and his just a lotness. Richard Simmons built an empire, and he never stopped adding to it. So with all that success, why still teach at a rundown one-room exercise studio for 12 bucks a class? Isn't that the first thing you'd give up? 
And why wait by the window for tour buses to drive by? And so vigilantly. Maybe disappearing was the smartest thing he ever did. He certainly earned it. But that assumes he's just doing it for the money. And I don't believe that. Not for a second. I'll explain why after the break. I met Richard uh, December 4th, I believe, 1994, on the front steps of the Interbake Foods Cookie Factory. This is Kathy. She lives in a small town in Nebraska, just outside of Sioux City, Iowa. And it was not a public appearance. He, it was a business trip for him. They produced his cookies there that he sold at Walmart. And I was standing there at the front door. I think it was below zero. And he had his little tank top on and his shorts. And, you know, this. Um, I was standing there with my mother. And he just walked right up to me and said, hi. And, of course, I burst into tears. Why, um, why were you crying? Well, I was... I felt pretty hopeless. Um, I was morbidly obese, and I was in my 30s. You know, I just felt like there wasn't anything for me in my life. I was, you know, I wasn't taking care of Kathy. And I didn't have a lot of love or respect for myself. I didn't feel like my life had any future at that size. I gave him my phone number. I wrote, I love you, and wrote a big heart around it on just a scrap piece of paper and hand it to him on a whim. Did you actually think he would call? No. Oh, no. Uh-uh. No, no. And I, you know, I remember it as plain as day. It was a Sunday afternoon. I was a sunshiny December morning, and, and I was in my living room, and the phone rang, and, you know, I hear this voice. Hi, you know, and 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 he was singing because that's kind of what he does. That's kind of how the conversation started. And uh, and then uh, did you guys then what he would call you once in a while, or was it a game plan? He called me at least every week, and of course over. The- Wait, he called you. He called you every week at least. At least every Sunday. Oh yeah, I was always on the phone with him. Richard Simmons became her weight loss therapist for free. And for years. You have to understand, I am in Nebraska. I was a 450-pound hairdresser. All of a sudden, Richard Simmons jumps in my life, who is full of color. And I feel suddenly hope. And and um, it was ongoing, the relationship I had with him. It was pretty amazing. It was very unexpected. And it was about more than just Kathy and her losing weight. This relationship... It went both ways. There was a couple of times he'd call me in the middle of the night. It was usually a quiet time for him where he was reflecting. I really don't have any information to disclose about that other than he is a human being and hurts in the middle of the night like many of us do. Kathy went on to lose 200 pounds, and the catalyst was Richard. As far as I can tell, over the past four decades, Richard has done this for thousands of people like Kathy. They're alone and isolated and need a little empathy. I get giving up his class. I get giving up fame. But that kind of kindness, I don't think you can just turn that off. Think about it. You know, the show business side is so superficial and so temporary. And then there's this other side where, I mean, there's... 
whose lives he is saving, literally. I mean, I say that with, I'm not trying to just blow smoke. He saved a lot of people's lives. It's just so obtuse to me. I don't get it. You know what? Neither do I. And I think when someone like that stops being that person, it's worth asking why. Then he takes my thumb and puts my thumb in his mouth and starts sucking my thumb. That is how Jason and Randy Sklar first met Richard Simmons. No, he's not just sucking his thumb. He's like a goat at a petting zoo, nursing on With the nipple thumb. confusion. Nursing on the thumb, like so, sucking it in and taking it so, down. The Sklar brothers are twins. They are successful comics and podcasters, and they talk a lot about sports. And they're definitely not the first people I'd think would hit it off with Richard. Okay, uh, welcome back to Sklarbro Country with uh, the great, the legend. I'm with the brothers. I'm with the brothers. I'm with the brothers. Yay! But they did. It's one of my favorite Richard interviews. And one of the last long ones he did. He came to... Came in like a vanilla white oh man. jumpsuit. He was like, like the lost Backstreet Boy. And he was... It, it was Ready to go. He came in at like 10. <laughs> Footlights are up. Footlights are <laughs> Did he seem like a happy person? No. No, he did not seem did happy not. at all. He did not, which is crazy because that's what he it's outwardly gives He exudes off. so much joy and so much vitality that as soon as the microphones were off, you were like, this is a sad person. <laughs> who is the most fun person for you to hang out with who... I don't hang out with people. You don't hang out with anybody? No. That's a shame, I live I a very recluse life. I know you this do. This is about the, the most, you know... Hanging out you've done. Yeah, like... Four people in a room. That's. I teach my class. I kiss everybody. I take hundreds of photos, and I go home. You do, and, and I socialize I... with no one. I haven't been to anyone's house. Really? In seven years. Really? You haven't been to anyone's house in seven years. Seven. Years. And have you had anyone at your house? Meetings, just a few meetings, but that would be about it. Be like if we were writing this as a character, it would be the most fascinating character in the world to write because that struggle is so real. Did you know that Richard was in Fellini's Satyricon? No. He was? Yeah. As an uncredited part, I'm going to show you the video. Please. Oh, my God. No, it's kind of amazing. This is not a joke. Satyricon, 1968, the Italian film directed by the Federico Fellini. It's bonkers. Richard plays the musician in the orgy scene. That was him playing the guitar. Yeah, Go, back. Go back. He did it while picking up some acting work as a struggling art student in Rome after college. He looks like John Popper. He looks like John Belushi. I mean, he's done some stuff. He's done some Richard stuff. Simmons has done some stuff. He really has. Like, did you know Richard Simmons was on General Hospital? For four years, playing himself. He was actually at Luke and Laura's wedding. And Richard had his own talk show. It was motivational, with exercise and cooking segments and hokey comedy bits. I'll sing your favorite song. What is it? Oh, that's very 
easy, Mr. Singing Flower Man. My favorite song is the theme from the Richard Simmons show. It just makes me sparkle. All right. There's never been anything else like it. And it was good. He won Emmys. It goes like this. Here's another one. Richard Simmons once requested a special audience with the Pope. And he got it. Just him and the Pope. Because he was Richard Simmons. And that meant something. Somehow all that stuff got lost over the years. All the complexity written out of his story. Now... Richard Simmons is just a really easy Halloween costume to throw together in a pinch. Like Urkel. I think that blows. The Richard Simmons I'm interested in isn't Richard the Punchline. Or Richard the Half-Forgotten Icon. Somewhere in between those two guys, there's a real person with a really intense life story. And that story took a turn that shocked absolutely everyone who has ever known him. That's the guy I'm trying to find. And that search takes me to studio lots and Bourbon Street in towns in the middle of nowhere. There are drag queens and stakeouts. Restraining orders are filed. Black magic spells are allegedly cast. And you even get to hear me exercise. So if you're listening to this and you have a good Richard story or any theories you think we missed, there's a number on our website and in the credits at the end of each episode. Call us and leave a nice long message and we will follow up. And if you're listening to this and you're actually Richard Simmons, call me. People are looking for you. This season on Missing Richard Simmons. Like an electric car runs on electricity, Richard Simmons runs on human interaction. If he's not doing that, then something is going on for him. It was sort of known that his dog died. Oh, that's huge, though. That's huge for him. For the last like two or three months, he was showing up in drag, like full drag, like hair, makeup, everything. He might have been done, and he doesn't owe shit to anybody. First thing we're going to talk about, Richard Simmons. We have now spoken with the LAPD cops who went out there. This wasn't just a, I don't want to be famous anymore. This is everyone has their hooks in me, and I got to claw something back. The good Richard is an amazing Richard. The tormented Richard, maybe he's not happy with the person that he is, you know? And yet he's built a life around telling people to love themselves. That's bizarre, right? Yeah, it's a little bit complicated. Missing Richard Simmons is a co-production of Pineapple Street Media, First Look Media, and Stitcher. We'll be back next week with another episode. Or if you can't wait that long, you can hear episode two right now on Stitcher Premium. To find out more, visit missingrichardsimmons.com. Missing Richard Simmons is produced by me, Dan Taberski, and Henry Malofsky. Additional production, research, and fact-checking by Diane Hudson. Joel Lovell is our editor. Our music is by Andrew Dost. Additional music from the motion picture Swiss Army Man by composers Andy Hull and Robert McDowell. Thanks also to Greg Martin. This episode was mixed by Whitney Jones. Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky are the executive producers at Pineapple Street. Thanks also to Barry Finkel, Lindsay Mavis, Ricky Nowitzki, Emily Becker, and Lisa Pollock. The team at First Look Media is Adam Pincus, Lee Talmalad, Nick Borenstein, and Lisa Leingang. If you have any leads, theories, or Richard stories, we want to hear them. We set up a special voicemail, so call us at 402-93-SWEAT and leave us a message. That's 402-937-9328. 
And a huge sincere thank you to all the folks at Slimmons and friends of Richard who trusted me to tell this story. And remember what Richard says, sweat is just fat crying. <laughs>